You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Bits Babes with Soul. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and I'm so excited to have my friend Patty Farmer here today. So Patty is a media strategist and she and a marketing strategist. So we have a lot in common there. And she's just a great person to talk to. I've been acquainted with her for several months and she just is so fun to talk to. So I'm so excited for you guys to meet her and get to know her as well. So welcome, Patty. Thanks for having me, Melody. I've been really excited to have this conversation since, like you said, there's so many things that we do that are similar. But again, like most things, we all do it in our in a different way. We don't have to reinvent ice cream. We just have to do our own flavor, right? (laughs) Exactly. So tell everybody a little bit about you and what you do so they can get to know you. Certainly. So I've been in the marketing space for over 20 years, but about six years ago, I decided that I was going to add speaking to my marketing strategy. And that in itself could actually do a whole 30 minute podcast in itself of how (laughs) that happened. But With that said, making that one decision changed my whole life and my whole business too, because from that, it was actually learning how to leverage that, that led me really to be in the media space. So that's why I really like to talk about marketing and media strategy, because really it's all about how to leverage all of that. So from that led to events, to being an author, to literally traveling all over the world now speaking. And I love what I do, but it all happened because I said yes about adding that to my strategy. So changed my life and my business. And sometimes just one decision can do that. Don't you think? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would love to hear more about that because that is something that I am getting into as well. I had my first main stage speaking gig in November. So this is probably going to air in February. So it was a few months ago. Um, And I really loved it. And I want to keep doing that. So I would love to hear how you kind of made that decision and leveraged that, so to speak. Oh, great. So it's kind of a, it's actually even kind of a funny story too. So I had been asked to speak many times. And while I spoke all the time in training or I spoke, you know, networking and that type of thing, really, honestly, speaking from a stage was terrifying to me. The very thought that people were going to look at me and I was going to have a mic in my hand and they were going to look at me and, you know, wait for me to say something profound, like terrified me. right? Uh And, um, but I had a friend who, after asking me many, many times, called me up one day and said, Patty, I had somebody who can't show up and like, I need you to get on a plane and come down to Austin. I live in Dallas, so that's not a big deal. She said, I need you to come down here. And like, you can talk about anything you want. I don't care if you talk about networking, (laughs) partnerships, whatever. I just need you to do it. And I said, okay. So I got on a plane in the morning on the day we were going to do it. She picked me up from the airport. We're driving to the event. I'm a little nervous. And then she says, oh, Patty, there's a couple things I need to tell you. And I'm like, like what? She's like, well, first of all, we're videoing it. I was like, oh, are you kidding me? 
And she said, second of all, that 30 minute talk, I need you to make it an hour. I was like, what? So I was really freaked out too, because I, you know, like I pretty much like memorized it, which of course is something we never do. Right. Mm -hmm. But this was my first time. Right. And she goes, Oh, and lastly, I need you to be funny. And I forgot to tell you that you can sell something. I was, I was like, are you out of your mind? So we get there, there, you know, all this kind of stuff. So I'm just going to be honest and tell you that I literally went into the bathroom and literally got physically sick. And just to be totally honest, for my career as a speaker, the first 16 months, it's been six years, but for 16 months, I threw up every time before I got on the stage. Like it took that long for I was comfortable. So I got to tell you, if somebody does it once or twice and it still gives them nerves, believe me, it took me 16 months to be able to do it. But back to that time. So on that day, this was the game changer. When she said I had to sell something, I'm like, I don't have anything to sell. That's what I said, right? I don't have anything to sell. She's like, Patty, you're a marketing strategist. You do marketing. You're a business coach. You Like, what do you mean you don't have anything to sell? But I didn't have any products, right? Mm-hmm. And so she said, you'll think of something. <laughs> and she said, I'll hold up a sign for you and tell you. And you'll know people like it if they lean in. And I, I was just like beside myself. So I was the last speaker. Can you believe that? I was the last speaker. And all while I was not listening to anybody else, I was writing down going, oh, what's my zone of genius? Yeah, <laughs> Which is a question we ask ourselves all the yeah. time because we do what we do, right? So I'm like, oh my gosh, what should I teach? And so finally, when it was my turn, I got up there and I just started talking. Literally, I was totally winging it, which I don't really suggest. <laughs> and I was, you know, I'm telling a story. I could hear people, you know, laughing, something, oh, he's something funny. And then she holds up that sign that tells me it's time for me to do the offer. And I'm going to tell you, this is exactly what I did. It's so funny. And I still have the video, um, which I like to show sometimes when I'm working with speakers. I'll say, okay, so I said something like, I know no one out there can see my face, but here's what it looked like. Really? I said, so I would like to invite you. I was smart enough to say invite. I guess I I go to enough events. I was like, okay, so I said invite. And then I was like that if you know, you want to know more, or if you think that I can help you, I'd like to invite you to know more, but I'm really busy. And I could probably only work with like 15 of you, 17, maybe I actually said that from the front of the room. Oh no. And this guy in the back of the room says, And this guy in the back of the room says, well, oh, I know. And I said, but it's going to cost you. And the guy in the back of the room says, how much is it going to cost us for the back of the room? And I mean, I'm winging this whole thing. And I stop for a second, like really stop. And I think for like a second. And I said, at least $2,000. That's what I said. And this girl in the front row says, well, what would we get for $2,000? I mean, (laughs) What a good question. I'm totally winging it. And I stop and I think for a second, I like, I pause and I said, to tell you the truth, anything I would teach you would be worth $2,000. Oh, that I love what it. I said <laughs> off the cuff. And I said that. And then I said, but I could only work, remember, with like 15 of you. So if that's something you think you'd be interested, just, you know, come back and see me at the back of the room because literally I didn't know what else to say. And as I walked off the stage, 37 people handed me their credit card. Holy guacamole. Melody, really? 37 people. And I was like, what am I going to do with that? And so I took their credit cards. I didn't have a form or nothing. Somebody handed me a yellow pad. I'm writing down people's credit card information. I'm kidding you. I mean, like not kidding you. This is how it was. 
And I remember when I went back there, my husband had texted me and he said, how'd it go? And I texted it back and said, I think I rocked it. And I saved that text too. And he said, what do you mean? I said, it means I'm going to learn to love speaking. That's what I said. And when I went home, I thought, where in the world could you talk for an hour and have 37 people want to pay you $2,000? But Melody, to be honest, I didn't know what I was going to teach him for $2,000. So I called my coach. I called my coach. and I'm like, what am I going to do? And she gave me the best advice I've ever had in my life. She said, send them all a survey and say, what are the top three things that I could teach you that would you feel would be worth $2,000. Mm-hmm. And I sent them a survey and they all sent me back and said, this is what we think would, you know, this is what I think would be worth it. And then that's what I taught them. So and was this one-on-one coaching or was this a group coaching? I didn't know what it was going to be until they sent it back. <laughs> I was totally going off the cuff, right? I mean, it's not like I wasn't an expert or that I didn't know what I was talking about. I just hadn't formulated it into a system or a process yet. And so I got to tell you from that, That's literally like something that I think is really the aha there in case anybody didn't catch it is you may think, you know, but I'm going to tell you if there's anything I've learned in six years is sell it first and then create it. A lot of times people create stuff and then they go out to sell it and it doesn't sell it. Like, I don't know why it's great. Well, it's because it's what you think they need to know instead of what they need to know. So I always like go out, sell it first. That's why you talk to your audience. You ask them what they want to know. And then you create the program based on what they want to know. That has been a game changer in my business. But just to briefly wrap that up. So, I mean, I'm sure everybody can do the math on that. I went home and told my husband, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to step into that and say, yes. I put out one post and said, I've decided that I'm going to add speaking to my marketing strategy if anybody would like to have me speak. The very next day, I got a phone call from a friend who was in London who said that somebody had had to have their appendix taken out and they needed somebody to come and talk about lead generation about LinkedIn. She says, Patty, you do that, right? And I said, yes. She said, well, we need you to get on a plane and we'll pay you $10,000. And I was like, Yes. She said, and we'll pay you $10,000 and we'll let you sell something. And I said, really? I said, well, when is this? She said, tonight. Like she has appendix, like it had to be taken out. Like we need to get on a plane tonight. And I was like, I can't do that. My husband's like, I thought you said you were going to say yes to everything. So I said, yes, got on a plane, wrote my speech while I was on a plane, went to London, became an international speaker. The second time I spoke, stood up in front of people. They told me that I could sell something for $1,000. I wrote the program while I was on the plane, stood up there. There was 156 people in the room and 110 people bought my program. Do that math. I walked home. When I got home, I thought to myself, this is the greatest thing I've ever thought of. Every speaker must make a million dollars. I thought because of those two situations. Later on, I started like saying, oh, I got to get good at this. So I started talking to every speaker I knew about, you know, how they did this. And you want to know what I found out? That not every speaker is making a million dollars. Yeah. That's what I thought, right? And I thought to myself, so as I went back and forth and this person would say one thing and this person would say something else, I thought, oh my gosh, what am I, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden I had my second aha moment, which was, Patty, you're in marketing. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like become your own client. And I said, Oh, that's what I'm going to do. So I became my own client. And the second year, you know, my business soared even bigger and I never looked back and thus learning how to leverage my own speaking and leverage my own company became 
the number one thing for me. And now six years later, 85% of my clients are speakers or people who really want to add speaking to their marketing strategy, entrepreneurs and business owners. And it's really all about leveraging media because it's not about, and I'm sure you see this having your podcast. Mm. It's not like, oh, here on Facebook, I was on this podcast. Yay, yay, right? You know, it's like, how do you leverage it? Like, yeah. how are you promoting it? How are you building a relationship with the person who honored you by putting you on their podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, and hearing your original story about speaking makes me feel so much better about mine because, no, I didn't have, you know, 50 people who wanted to work with me right away, but that's a whole nother story because there was a lot of factors in that. Of course. Um, that happened. But I'm glad I wasn't the only one who was nervous. Like when I got up there, I wasn't nervous because I knew what I was talking about. But there were some key things I didn't do that didn't make people want to buy from me. Anyway, whole nother story. But it's just nice to hear that not everybody goes up there the first time and goes, I'm amazing. Look at me. I'm not nervous at all. Like, that's so great. Well, I think... I think that that's really kind of what it's really all about. I mean, I knew I knew what I was talking about. I've been doing what I do for a long time, right? So I knew that. But I think that what people have a problem with is how do I present that yeah. in a way that the audience needs to hear it? You know, you're talking to a group of people, not one person, right? You know, so really it's how do I do that? And then what's the next step, right? Because once I became a speaker, right? I wasn't doing the other things I do. I mean, like when I became a speaker six years ago, I hadn't written any books yet. I was like, I'm never going to write a book. I'm not a writer, but now I have five, right? And I thought, well, now I publish a magazine and now I do my own events. And who would have thought that? And to tell you, Melody, if there's an even funnier story, because I know you do retreats mm -hmm. and I have to tell you, that was probably one of the things that really made me really want to get to know you better is because the way you're doing your retreat is my original idea oh. for how I wanted to do my retreat. I love the whole concept of your retreat. The people who are listening out there, like if you're not already signed up for her retreat, you should be because it's amazing. It yes. is literally when I sat down and said, Oh, I want to do a retreat. That's when I just knew. And it was exactly like, kind of like how you've got yours laid out. But again, for me, everything I've done, I've kind of like, I'm an accidental speaker and I'm an, <laughs> you know, and so, and so really, honestly, that's how that happened too. So I decided I was going to have this event and it was actually going to be either in Florida, North Carolina. I was thinking like St. Augustine. Yeah. So I reached out to my people and I said, here's where I'm thinking about having it. Which one do you like? And I was like, St. Augustine, Santa Barbara, like I posted all these things. And then I had this box that said other, right? Uh -huh. And I, I told you earlier that I speak a lot out of the country. And so I sent it, you know, to my European friends too. And they, every single person that a hundred percent of the people that did not live in the United States hit other. And when they hit other next to other, they said, New York. And I wrote New York. Oh. And Here's I so I wrote back to them, you know, personally, and I was like, New York, like, you know, I'm not thinking New York really sounds like a retreat. And they said, well, that's because you think a retreat means it has to be by water. And we yeah. think retreat means we want to be pampered and we love New York. So I thought to myself, hmm. So when I decided that I would listen, because that has never steered me wrong, I decided to do it. I sold it out in two weeks and decided to do it in New York. But again, remember how I was saying all these things that I do that I didn't really know what I was doing? Yeah. 
here's what I did. I booked it in New York during New York Fashion Week. <laughs> so for those that don't know, New York Fashion Week is like, I think they like quadruple at least the price of every single thing. And you can't find a hotel. And like, literally, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Because all these people were coming and they'd already made these, you know, things. And of the people who were coming, 80% of them were coming from Europe. So I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so I knew I had to have include the hotel because if I didn't include the hotel, I was never going to get them all to stay in the same hotel. So when I contacted them all and said, oh, it's New York Fashion Week. And, you know, I just have to let you know that I didn't realize it, you know, and I actually owned my, they were like so excited that it was during New York Fashion Week. They didn't mind paying more. So I had to up the price and they were totally cool with that. I've been doing it this year. It'll be my sixth year. We always do it during New York Fashion Week now. Wow. And everybody loves it. And um, this year we had nine people from the United States. The rest of them were from Europe. And last year, the whole retreat was from Europe, people from Europe. Wow. So in 2019, I'm going to do one in Italy too in <gasps> October. We already have a villa because they said to me, you know, Patty, we love coming to New York. But we would really love it if you did one internationally, too. And so I made the decision, listen to your people. And so starting in 2019, I'm still always going to do the one in New York. But now I'm going to do one international every year. We're going to change the location. So in 2019, it'll be in Italy. 2020, it'll be in Paris. And so that saying yes and stepping into that has led me into that. Now I do five events a year. So it's really wow. kind of funny. It wasn't something I thought I was going to do. But here again, which led me again from being a media strategist to, you know what, all those speakers that I work with that are my clients now, a lot of them say we'd really like to be able to do, you know, events, but putting on an event and monetizing an event, mm -hmm. not the same thing as you know, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm really all about my number one thing is if you're not making money at it, then you're not doing it right, right? right. So that's kind of plain and simple. And so for me, that's really where I like to work with people. It's like people who are doing things, but they're not quite making the money they want to make from it. Hey, I, everything I do has to be, I do everything in order to help people to master market and monetize what they do. I'm all about messaging and I'm all about, you know, doing things from the heart and having a purpose and being passionate about what you do, but I can't stand in integrity and let people hire me if I'm not showing them how to make money. You know yeah. what I mean? It just doesn't work. So yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, we have so much to talk about after this podcast. I have so many questions. <laughs> well, I um, love your retreat too. So I think what you're doing is amazing. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm really how did that come about? So how did your? I would love to hear your story. What? How did that come about on you doing your retreat? Um, honestly, it was just. Uh, an intuitive idea I had had in the back of my brain for a long time. I love going to retreats, but I think I've been to so many that I saw where they failed or things I didn't like or did like. And I thought, I really want to do that, but I want to be really intentional about what that looks like. And I want to be intentional about who actually comes and I want to keep it small because I've been to big ones where you just can't get to know everybody. It feels more like a conference than a retreat. And I've been to tiny ones that I really loved. So I just kind of stepped into that and I said, why don't I just do it? Why don't I just try it? And, you know, that's kind of my mantra is the worst thing that can happen is people say no. So 
I just am doing it. And I've already had four or five women who are like, I definitely want to come. No one's paid yet because it's not till October and people are not thinking about October in December 2018. <laughs> but so many people are excited about it. I feel like it's it's going to sell out and it's going to be amazing. So I'm really excited. And I, I just, I kind of feel like I'm going along for the ride and seeing what, what happens. Well, I think a lot of things that I love about retreats, I've been on many of them as myself, which is kind of exactly why I decided to do it too. But one of the things that I love about it is I really feel like, even though I've spoken to crowds of thousands, right? I feel like transformation happens sometimes in a very small group, right? Yes. You know, So, you know, my retreats are at, capped at 25. And so um, my, the first year, I think they were only 14, right? The first year mm-hmm. they were like 14. Now I cap them at 25. And I have to tell you, I've even considered doing two of them a year so that I can actually keep them to 20. Yeah. So I really agree with you. I think that's a small amount of people, a lot of transformation because people really get to know each other in a different way. It's not like networking, like uh-huh. when, you do when you're at a conference, it really is the getting to know each other. But again, I think like everything else, it's always about who's in the room. It doesn't matter whether it's a, whether it's a mastermind, whether it's a retreat. Really, honestly, especially if it's one where there's going to be women. Yeah. I mean, the dynamic in the room is we really do want to be there for each other, serve each other. And we all know that, you know, as much as I'm talking about how important it is to monetize, I believe with all my heart that you lead with contribution. Compensation will follow, but you always lead with contribution because we always know that we need to serve, not sell. And that's really, really important to me. But we do have a business too. So there's like two sides of that. But I have to really feel good about what I'm doing. And I just yes. really love doing the whole retreat thing. That's why I like speaking at them too. It's just such a great opportunity because you're not really, even though you're speaking, you also get to experience it. And that's going to a whole nother level. It's like uh-huh. it's a deeper level. And I really like that. So I love what you're doing. I'm sure it's going to sell out. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. And I love that because like, just like what your podcast is, you do everything with soul. And I like it. Aww, thank you. So you guys, if you want to come to the retreat, thanks for the plug, Patty. <laughs> um, I will leave the link in the show notes so you guys can join us on this fabulous retreat in October. Um, yeah, this has been such a fun conversation. I feel like you're just a wealth of knowledge that everybody is going to want to tap into. So where can people find you online if they want to get to know you better? So they can find me on my website, of course, which is Patty with a Y, pattyfarmer.com. And they can see all my social media things there. If they want to connect that way, always pick where you want to connect. I spend a lot of time on Twitter. Um, It's the best lead generation tool there is. So I spend a lot of time on Twitter. But what I would love to do, if it's okay, is if people would go to pattyfarmer.com forward slash magazine i'd love to give everybody a free copy of my magazine and if there's any people out there that have always wanted to contribute to a magazine hey you know reach out to me and stuff we're always looking for writers for the magazine if they are um 
if that's what they talk about. The name of the magazine is called Marketing, Media, and Money. So no surprise there, right? Mm -hmm. So if your topics support that and you love to serve, you know, we'd love to have a conversation about that. But the magazine is complimentary. So pattyfarmer.com forward slash magazine and drop me a line. Let me know. Be a resource. Love to connect and have conversation, which is how I got to know you, Melody, right? So it's really all about that. It's all about conversation and continuing the conversation, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You guys should definitely check that out because Patty is awesome. So thank you guys for listening. And until next time, we'll see you. Bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.